Blog Talk Radio. Every 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being here, brothers and sisters. May the Lord bless you. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Praise God. God is good. Hallelujah. Last week, well, we had, um, um, I was preaching about the ministry matters, expectations. That was the first part. Praise God. And um, now the second time, I have, um, I have, uh, 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 you know, another message, which is the second part, excuse me, limitations, ministry matters. And these are studies that, you know, Jesus have, uh, have gave me brothers and sisters to share with you. So these are very, very good, uh, very good messages. Uh, I, I, I think I got two more to do. Uh, last week I started it. If you, you know, for those that haven't um, heard the first message on Wednesday, please go to the archives. Uh, that was the first part. Tonight is going to be the second part. Next week is going to be uh, the third, and then, uh, you know, the following week, uh, two weeks from now, I should say, it will be the fourthly one. Amen? And these are very, uh, very good messages. The Lord has been helping me to uh, bring this at the Lord's hour. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're going to start um, thanking brothers and sisters, thank Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us from, from head to toe with your holy blood, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, we repent, we truly, truly, sincerely repent, Lord. Please purify our heart, Lord, cleanse us, Lord. Holy Spirit, in charge of our protection. Jesus, cover us with your blood. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come down with power and fire into this place and consume every evil spirit here on the air from north, south, west, and east, Lord. The universe, all planets and galaxies, all over the earth, under the oceans, rivers, under the waters, above the waters, fill this place, Holy Spirit, with your holy fire. Every spirit that doesn't come from the Holy Spirit, I command them to go now in the name of Jesus. I bind all evil spirit in the name of Jesus, and in the name of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus, I break and destroy their powers and plans, all of their evil work to be destroyed now in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father God, I ask you in Jesus' name to send archangels from your holy throne to back me up and to fight in the spiritual warfare. Send trillions and, and, and trillions and trillions and trillions of angels, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and uh, praise God with the song, The Great I Am. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome to the Lord's hour. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. God is good, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, for everything, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was letting the Lord know today, tonight, uh, today, brothers and sisters, that I cannot live without Him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, last week it was it was very, very, um, very rough. Last week. Um, you know, for the first time, I have uh, experienced something, brothers and sisters. This is, you know what? Uh, thanks, thank the Lord. I I take it because, and I I praise the Lord because this is is to purify more. You know, it's to get more purified. It's to glorify Jesus Christ. It's to worship. It makes me even worship Him even more. I love the Lord so much. Um, what happened last week, I pulled up a window. I was, you know, pushed the window all the way up too high, and I just hurt my back. And uh, I heard, like, you know, like a crack. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, and I just, I had to run because the Lord was letting me know to run, and I, I did it like that. Um, anyway. It was it was hurting so much. Pain was very 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 strong, very strong pain. And um, you know, I, my mind was searching, full of ideas. You know, a lot of things. And I just, you know, I uh, I called the Lord. I came to the house and I said, Lord, I couldn't run today because you know that I tried. My back is really hurting me. The Lord said um, he was testing me. He said to me, "Um, what would you like to do? (laughs) I said, Lord, would you please heal me? And then... The Lord was letting me know, you know, it will get better if you bring someone to give you, uh, you know, chiropractic treatments um, or uh, home therapy. And I said, no, Lord, I trust you. I don't want to bring anyone. I trust you. You are my doctor. You are everything. You're my chiropractor, Lord. And the Lord was just let it, let it be, you know, let it happen, brothers and sisters to see my reaction, to see what was I going to say, what was I going to think. At night, the pain was horrible. I couldn't even sleep. I was turning left and right. And I'm telling this, you know, to give him glory and honor to him. Praise him. I praise the Lord no matter what. 
And I'm like, you know, crying at night. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so painful. I can't take it, you know. I tried to get up. I couldn't get up from my bed. And uh, and then um, I called Jesus. I said, Lord, help me. You know, I screamed and I said, Lord, help me. It was a one, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, God, thank goodness, thank, thank God that, you know, my kids are out of school. Praise the Lord. So I called my daughter. I said, Olivia, please come here. And uh, will you please, please, I'm so sorry, you know, waking you up. Please call the Lord. And he said he'll be coming down at one thirty in the morning. Okay, I'll wait. The Lord came and 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 and, and he said, "Daughter, um, are you okay?" I said, "No, Lord, this pain is is my back is is very painful." Praise God. And um, so then you know, he was healing me little by little. I felt much better. I fell asleep. Then I was able to walk. And then, and then uh, he said, "Okay, um, you're able to walk now." And I sat down on the on the chair and I said, "Lord, I'm I'm still not healed completely. Please, Lord, please help me, heal me." And then, brothers and sisters, I just kneeled down. He was sitting on the chair, and I said, please, Lord, have mercy on me. Please heal me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I repent. And and the Lord said to me, get up and walk. And I was, I got, I had my cane. Threw the cane away. I put it on the side. And he said, walk and run. And I walk and run like if nothing, like if nothing had happened. Nothing. And he told me faith. And you know why, brothers and sisters? Because I was asking the Lord to empower my faith. When you ask the Lord to empower your faith, brothers and sisters, look out, okay? Because tests, tests will come, but this is not to cause you fear. It's, it's just get ready. Get ready, and when tests come, you better pass the test. Praise the Lord. You better pass that test. Otherwise, you will not make it. Said Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me, Lord. I feel nothing. I can walk. Wow. You know, the Lord was testing me. And then uh he said, Okay, ready to go to the park. I said, Yes, Lord. We drove to the park. He took me to a very beautiful park where there is a um you know like some uh trails to walk. And um, a small lake, and I took me and my daughter. We went there with the dogs. The Lord likes, you know, us to bring the animals too. We walked with the dogs, and the Lord said, while we were walking, I was telling the Lord that I love him. While we were walking, I was, I was picturing the Lord because my daughter went ahead of me. I was picturing him walking right there with me. Oh, by the way, yeah, my my daughter told me that he was walking behind me and he was uh, helping me because I was weak, you know. Three days on pain, I was weak, and he was helping me, uh, holding my back. And I was 
you know, letting the Lord know everything. And, and the Lord was telling me, okay, my heart, my mind, daughter, if you can o- only have faith. He was letting me know. He said, daughter, remember uh, the Bible story about Peter. And I said, yes, Lord. He said, I picture that moment, daughter. When he was focusing on me, but then he turned away and he fell down. And, you know, he he, he fell down, right? And uh, I said, yes, Lord. Faith, 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 daughter. Focus, focus, focus. Look at me. And I was picturing the Lord in front of me that he was, you know, walking in front of me. And, I, and I'm just, you know, walking in, in front of him, too. And then my daughter came, and she said, do you feel the wind? I said, yes. So God, he created a, uh, at that moment, it was very windy. And it was a very, a very good feeling, brothers and sisters. It was very, um, the air was very good, you know, very nice. It was a great feeling, very peaceful. And I said, wow, Lord. And then God said, uh, do you like the sound of the birds, you know, that kind of a moment right there with peace? And I say, yes, Lord, thank you so much. And the Lord kept on walking and walking. Very, you know, then a little later, my back started to hurt again. And he said, keep walking, daughter. I kept on walking as an obedient. Then on the way back, on the way back, he said, keep on walking. And I'll run. And I did it again. When I came to the house, everything was fine. At nine time, I had again... Uh, again, you know, the same pain. I called the Lord and I said, Jesus, are you okay, daughter? I said, no, Lord, I still got a pain. So he came down and he said to me, daughter, are you okay? I said, no, Lord. He said, would you like me to heal you now or later? I said, Lord, now completely, please, 100% (laughs) heal me. Lord, I said, I remember you when I when I was a little kid, I broke my neck and the Lord, you know, no one that have broken a neck will be able to walk again. Well my, my neck broke. I have a uh you know, a scar on my bone and the Lord healed me. The Lord have healed me, you know, maybe three, four occasions already. And I said, Lord, I remember one time when I was 12 years old, you put your hands on my throat. I had a lot of fever and um, and tonsils, you know, problems, and you healed me. And it was just instantly. It was just for one second. You can do the same thing, my Lord. Please have mercy on me, Lord. And then he said, okay, go to your room. I lay down, brothers and sisters, and the Lord brought oil. He anointed me. He poured oil on my back. And then he did a small surgery. He put a um, uh, uh, 
my daughter was explaining to me because she was able to see through. He put a um, the, a long straw, like a long stick, looks like a straw, but, you know, a long stick from my head all the way to the bottom attached to my spinal, my spine. And it's flexible. I can turn left, I can turn right, turn right. And and then the Lord was, um, you know, pouring oil on me. And Olivia said that he was even cracking my back. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And he even said, uh, how do you feel now? I said, I feel great. I got up like nothing. And he said, daughter, what I left there is to get your spine straight because your spine is, you know, crooked a little bit. And and that's going to make your spine get better, get healed, and it's going to go and it, it, it's, it's, it's going to follow the stick and you, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be healed. And I said, wow, thank you, Lord. I was praising the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Uh, I remember, you know, I have had problems since I was gave birth to my kids. Since then, I have problems with my spine. And, and now, uh, you know, the Lord is finally healing me. Thank you. And, and I, you know, I thank the Lord for that. And it's all, also, brothers and sisters, because, you know, you have to obey the Lord. You have to go through tests also to empower your faith. Praise God. And God is awesome. God is awesome. And praise all the glory and the honor to him. I was letting him know before he healed me, I'm walking fine now. Praise the Lord. Um, I was letting him know, and this was today. I said, Lord, I cannot live without you. Um, I love you so much, and I adore, I adore you so much that I cannot live without you. I'll die without you, Lord. I said, Lord, I will, if I will, if if I will ever lose you, I will like rather never be born. I said, I, I just, you know, I love you and I praise you. In the middle of, you know, the pain and everything, I praise you and, and I give you the glory and the honor and nothing, nothing, Lord, nothing and no one can come close to you. And I just, you know, I praise you. I'm I'm so happy, Lord, that you are here, that you are in my life. And I said, I said to him, Lord, I know this is a test, but I want to let you know I'm not going to let you down. I will. I want to let you know that I love you so much, and no matter what, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to be with you always, always, always. I'm going to always follow you, Lord, and thank you because I know you're going to always be with me too, Lord. And and I was, you know, I was crying when I was letting that, you know, let the Lord know, and and uh, I meant it when I said that to the Lord. I really mean it. And um, it, it did touch God's heart. That's when he came and, and do the final miracle and, you know, heal me completely. 
and I praise the Lord. So this is a little, a small testimony that I have for you, brothers and sisters. If you're going through pain, if you are sick, praise the Lord. If you're going in the middle of a storm, praise the Lord. You don't feel like you are healed. You praise God. But don't do it because, you know, you you just you're gonna do it because you're gonna get healed. Do it because you love them. Do it because because we cannot lie, Lord. We cannot hide from God. Do it because you cannot live without Him. I was letting Him know I cannot live without you. I don't want nothing from this world. I want no one from this world. Nothing is just you, Lord. And the Lord knows that. He knows that. And these things happen also, brothers and sisters, also, you know, happens if the enemy, if the enemy tries to do, you know, something like this, it's a test to see if you praise God, to see if in the middle of the pain you praise God or you judge God or you question God. So you choose, because if you question God and you are angry with God, God is going to turn away from you. Everything that happens is not God's fault. Everything that happens is either because of you, is either because you did something wrong, is either because you disobeyed God, or is either a test, or it could be something else only God knows and you. But in the middle of the storm, people that are listening, that are listening, brothers and sisters that are listening, Please, praise God. When you're praising God, you disarm the enemy. When you praise God, God does the miracle for you. When you ask for forgiveness and you repent, God is there. Comes, he helps you, and he heals you. Also, he does it to empower your faith. It could be many reasons, brothers and sisters, and only God knows. That's why we got to praise God no matter what, no matter how. You praise God. This is a testimony from my own experience. My hands were numbing up. I thought that my spine broke because they were numbing up my two arms. And that's when I got scared and I said, Lord, help me, Lord. Jesus, help me. We're no one. We're nothing. We cannot do anything without Christ. Nothing, brothers and sisters. This is why we got to be humble. We got to be humble. Praise the Lord. I remember the Lord was letting me know when you pray, daughter, when you bring people to me, 
devil, the devil, you know, the demons come and attack you. I remember two weeks ago, demons came and they attacked me. And one was pressuring on my back. And I, and I said to the Lord, Lord, uh, why did this, you know, demon came and attacked me in the middle of the night? Because you were praying. Because you were praying for someone and the, and the devil, you know, the, excuse me, the demon, the demon didn't like it. So he came and attacked you. Because every time he says, you give my word, you preach, they don't like that. And they come. The Lord, you know, let it happen to see how much I love them. Remember, demons do that thing too. They can come and they can get you hurt. So then you either blame God, question God, or you could praise God. And it all repen- it all depends on your result. It all depends what you are going to do, what you're going to say. If you praise God, God will heal you. If you question God, demons wins. And they don't let you go. They bring another problem and another problem and another problem until they destroy you. And they're going to make you, you know, hate God, question God, because that's their purpose. So then you can stay away from God and, 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 and walk away from God to bring your soul, to take your soul into hell and to destroy you because they came, the devil came to destroy and kill and steal. But if you praise God in the middle of that storm, if you praise God when you're in pain, if you praise God, hallelujah, in every circumstances, every tribulation, every problem that you got, you praise the Lord. No matter what, you praise God, hallelujah. You're free. You'll be free and you will be healed. And I thank the Lord for letting me go through this so I can bring with another message. So I could I could bring, excuse me, this testimony and this message to you. So then you will also apply it in your life. Praise God. And when circumstances or problems come, brothers and sisters, you praise God. Remember that. Praise the Lord. That's the God we got, and God is good. God is good. Remember that nothing, God, out of God, amen, you are nothing without God. You are no one without Jesus. Praise the Lord. We have an awesome God. That's why I played that song, The Great I Am, because that's the God we got. The God we got, the great I am, the God we got. Demons tremble before his presence, before his name. At the mention of the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, they tremble. They cannot resist that because God is holy. Because God is powerful, because God is great. In that middle of the storm, you don't don't be afraid. You worship God. Hallelujah. In that middle of the storm, you praise God. Demons will flee. They will go away. They're going to say, you know, 
I can't take this because she's praising God. See, they hate that. They hate the presence of God. With the presence of God, they get killed. So if you praise God in the middle of that storm, in the middle of that problem that you got, in that tribulation that you got, demons will go. They have to go because they can't resist the presence of the living God. You're mentioning Jesus Christ, and you're loving Jesus, and you're praising Jesus, and you're saying, Lord, I cannot live without you. Oh, 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 I thought that this that, that this Christian was going to go the opposite, the demon is going to say. I thought that, you know, she was going to say that she was going to, you know, question God, that she was going to, like, you know, get angry with God and, 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 and judge God. Boy, those demons are ready right there to see your reaction, to see that result of you, to see the answer. And whatever that answer is, if it's negative, they take it. If it's positive, they don't take it. They have to go because God comes. And when God comes, they tremble before, before, before that, you know, um, the presence of God. They tremble before God. They are afraid of uh, the mention of Jesus. We cannot be afraid of anything or no one, brothers and sisters. They run because they have to run. That's right. The demons are waiting to hear you react to pain and trouble when you praise him instead. They they run because they have to run. They got no other choice. You know, I praise the Lord. I praise God for that test. Whatever what that was, because the Lord still haven't given me an answer. But I believe it was a test because I was praising him, I was praising him. And the at, at nine time I was with so much pain. I could not take that pain. I thought that I was going to, you know, become paralyzed. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, who's going to take care of my kids? Because that's what you think, brothers and sisters, when you are in pain. We are human. Don't worry about it. That's why God gives you that. You know why? To give you patience, to, to, uh, to empower your faith. I was thinking, Lord, please have mercy on me. I got my kids. I have to, you know, I'm supporting my kids. I have to go to work. And then you come up with all those things, with all those thoughts. Praise God. And please, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I repent. Don't say to Jesus, Lord, I am sorry if I, if I have sinned, if I have repented, because that's pride. Don't use the word if, 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 if. You take full responsibility of your actions and sin. You say, Lord, I humble before your presence, and I am so sorry, and I repent, my Lord, because I have failed you. Don't say, if, if, if I have, if I have. No, 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 no. God doesn't want that. God wants to hear, I have failed you. Please, I am so sorry. I repent. I repent. But you have to you have to mean it because no one can lie to God. You can lie all you want, but God knows. 
He knows your name. He knows the day that you were born. He knows even when, when you were before the day you were going to be born. He, he knows all of your, how, how many hairs you got in your head. He knows everything about you. He knows your thoughts. He knows, he knows your mind. He knows your heart. He knows everything, everything about you. So you better be honest with God. If you want an answer from God, if you want to hear from God, and if you want a, 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 a God to heal you, you have to humble before God. You have to truly go into repentance because we fail God every day. I'm going to tell you why. Because we sin. We sin every day. No one can tell me, oh, I have never sinned or um, I don't think that I have sinned. No, 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 no. We sin every day. And that's why we have to ask repentance to the Holy Lord Jesus, to his blood, so Father God can be pleased with you and the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus told me, you can go to the chiropractor. Can go to someone to give you a massage, daughter. See, that's a test, right there. You choose. What would you like? I said I choose you because I trust you. You are my doctor. You are my healer. You are my God, and I trust you, God. And I'll wait. I'll wait, Lord, until you heal me. Okay, very good, daughter. I'll be right with you. I'm gonna come down later. And I remember, man, 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 was that painful or what? But I was saying, oh, demons, you were thinking that you were going to stop me preaching? You were thinking that I was going to, like, answer God wrong and, you know, question God and judge God? You were thinking all that? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and I break you by the blood of Jesus, and I send you to hell. Every demon that I have, you know, hurt me. Go to hell now in the name of Jesus. And Jesus locked them up for me, and the Lord told me that he locked them up in hell. Because I cannot live without Jesus, I was telling them. I cannot live without my Lord. I love the Lord more than anything in this world. I love God Almighty with all of my heart, mind, and soul, with all of my strength. I, I I die for God. I was letting Jesus know that, Lord. I got a lot of pain, but I die for you, Lord. I love you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, Lord, you know that. God is everything. Praise the Lord. I was telling the Lord, I adore you, Jesus. I adore you, Lord. I cannot live without you. If I wouldn't have you, Lord, then I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't deserve to be, you know, alive or, or or born. Because without your presence, without you, Lord, I'm no one, I'm nothing, Jesus. Please, Lord, have mercy on me, and I love you so much, and I praise you, Lord. It hurts, but I don't care. I love you, and I praise you. God hears from heaven because he was in heaven. He comes immediately down and he heals you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
And I am very happy, praise God, because the Lord took care of everything. But trust me, storms, tests, everything can come, brothers and sisters. That's to make you stronger. That's to make you patient. That's for you to have faith. It comes to you, it brings faith to you. It makes you more stronger. It makes you more humble. Praise God. So we're going to go, praise the Lord, for the message that the Lord was letting me know to bring tonight. Praise God. Ministry matters. Praise the Lord. Matthew 13, 24, verse 30, and 36 and 43. So we're continuing our, our serious uh, ministry matters, okay? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're looking at what it takes to sustain a lifetime of service, commitment, but it also takes wisdom. And in the parables, Jesus gives us wisdom for sustaining a lifetime of service. We began, we began last week with a, with a theme of expectations. The core ministry by which God gets, gets his work done in the world is the sowing of the word of God. This is the only seed that will produce the fruit of a Godward life. You saw this seed as apparent in the life of your children, as a life group, leader, or as a pastor, church, planter, or cross-cultural missionary, and here is what will happen. They will be more responsive than others. You may have two children. One takes it, watch Praise God. One takes it in, what you say, from the Bible, and is hungry for more. The other shows very little interest and does not see what this has to do with his or her life. Some people will be immediately enthusiastic, but then they will, they will fall away because they have no roof in themselves. You have to know that this will happen. Some people will profess faith, but the world will be shocked in them because it has to compete with other dreams, commitments, and priorities that already occupy the ground of their lives. God will produce an abundant harvest over time. It will bear fruit in some believers more than in others. But the distinguishing mark of every true Christian is that the word of God will bear fruit in your life. Tonight we come to a second parable in which our Lord tells us more about the experience of a true Christian in this world. In the first parable, our Lord spoke about four different kinds of soil. Now it is as if the land soons and on the good soil. The other tree, the path, the rocky ground, and the thorns drop out of sight. So now we are looking at the good soil. Picture a beautiful field with pharaohs plowed in, in a straight lines, rich, dark soil, and lots of good seed in the ground. Now what happens with the good soil? The good soil will produce an abundant crop 
But that is only half of the story. There's more to be said. And so we have this second parable in which our Lord focuses in on the experience of a true believer in this world. Praise God. So seven elements of our Lord's story, the owner. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, on verse 24. The one who sows the good seed in the son of man, on verse 37. Notice that the one who sows the good seed owns the field. It is his field, on verse 24. Then we are told that the field, the world, verse 38, So this sower of good seed is the owner of the whole world. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So then we are told that the field, the world, on verse 38, okay, so this sower of good seed is the owner of the whole world. Notice that Jesus says the one who sows the good seed, the owner of the world, is the son of man, on verse 37. Jesus used this name, son of man, 84 times, and he always used it to refer to himself. Jesus is described both as the son of man and the son of God, and that it speaks volumes about who he is. He is God and his man. As God, he is one with the, with the Father, and yet he, he chose to become one with us in our humanity. The Word became flesh, and all that God is what, is what found in him. This title, Son of Man, comes from, from the Daniel 7, verse 13 and 14. And when you read these verses, you see how significant it is that Jesus took this name is the one by which he most often described himself. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancients of days, and it was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Daniel seven thirteen verse 14. Jesus is saying that is who I am. I am the one who will be presented before the ancients of days. I am the one who has been given the kingdom and whom people from all nations and languages will serve. I am the one whose kingdom will never pass away. Praise God. He says things that only God himself will ever say. And he says them because he is God. He's God with us. So Christ says, the whole world is my field. He lays claim to sovereign rule over the entire planet. It was Abraham Kuyper who said, there's not a square inch in the, in the whole domain of our human existence over 
which Christ who is sovereign over all does not cry mine. Jesus Christ lays claim to every life. He lays claim not only to every life, but to every part of your life. Mind, heart, will, strength, talent, energy. He lays claim to every stage of your life, childhood, youth, college, years, young, adulthood, middle life, retirement, old age. Notice that the Son of Man is doing with these people who leaves are in his hand. He is sowing good seed in his own field. That is, Christ is calling people to faith in himself, and he's sowing them across the nations of the world. Now here comes the enemy. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed wheat among the wheat and went away, on verse 25. The enemy is the devil on verse 39. The owner, Christ, has an enemy. And you cannot understand the world as it is without taking into account the enemy and his work. Christ tells us that this enemy is the devil on verse 39. Jesus knows his enemy well, by the devil in the wilderness. See, brothers and sisters? If he was tempted, we're going to be tempted too, but we're going to overcome that. If, if, if we are with God and close to God, living in holiness, righteousness, praise God, and obedient, walking in obedience with God. He came into the world to destroy the devil and all of his works. First John 3, verse 8, Hebrew 2, verse 13. The power of this enemy is so great and the work of this enemy so vast that it took God himself to come and deal with the enemy and all of his works. Praise the Lord for that. Praise you, Jesus. The seed, the good seed is the son of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the devil, of, of, of the evil one. Verse 38. Of the sower, that we, we looked at last week, we see, excuse me, the seed was the word of God growing in the hearts of people. But here the picture changes. In this second parable, the seed is people who are growing where they are planted in the world. There are two kinds of seeds. The different seeds are different kinds of people. The good seed is sons of the kingdom. That is people who live under the rule of God in their lives. The wheat are the sons of the evil one. That is people who, like the evil one, place themselves on the throne of their own lives. Notice the destructiveness of Satan's work. He sows wheat in Christ's field. He has no positive objective in mind. The motivating force of all his activity is to destroy the harvest. Look out. Praise God. There is a foul, foul ma- maliciousness here. The devil is a destroyer. 
Satan could sow a whole field of wheat in another place, but he has no interest in that. All that matters to him is that he will bring destruction to the field that belongs to Christ. To blight his harvest, to entangle the roots of his people. So, someone said here precisely where God has been most energetically at work and where the kingdom is most likely to advance, there the devil deliberately comes and concentrates his forces to prevent the spread of God's realm. This is one of the main reasons why so many evil things have uh, uh, marked the history of the Church of Christ. The devil desires to bring shame upon the name of Christ. Therefore, he concentrates on the Church. Hello. That's why we got to be careful, brothers and sisters. Now let's go to the field. The field is the world, on verse 38. These words are crucial to understanding what this parable is about. It is surprising how many writers treat this as a parable about the church. They make the point that there can never be a pure church. It is certainly true that there will be never be a pure church this side of the heaven. And clearly, their application of this parable is from every other part of the scripture for the church. One obvious application is that the church should exercise great caution in regards to discipline. There are times when the elders of the church must exercise discipline for the protection of the church. But uh, surely this parable remains us, reminds us that it will be very unwise for elders of the church to think that they could root out everything that is unworthy of Christ. If they try to do that, they will find themselves pulling up the whole field. Matthew Henry said, great caution and moderation must be used in inflicting and continuing church uh, uh, sanctions lest the wheat be trodden down. If not, Clock up. So while we believe that the scope of the parable is wider than instruction in church discipline, we do not forget that a uh, affair. Inference from it is that in actual there will be ever be a, um, a mingling of good and evil and thought that fact is no reason for a giving up the attempt to make a church a congregation of faithful men and of such only. It is a reason for copying the divine patience of the sower in um, ecclesiastical dealings with errors of opinion and faults of conduct. Praise God. So there are lessons for the church here. But the parable is not about the church. It is about the kingdom. The parable is about what the reign of God in the world looks like. Jesus says quite clearly, the field is the world. 
This is this is a, a picture of the church in the world, not of the world in the church. Praise God. So the question, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have how then does it have wheat? On verse twenty seven. This is the central question in the parable. Master, did you not sow good seed? How then does it have weeds? How then does it have weeds? If God, here's some questions. If God is good, why is there so much evil in the world? Okay, a lot of people, have you noticed that? People have asked me that question too. This is a, pro, a profound question for every generation. Where does this evil come from? Why does it persist? If Jesus triumphs over evil on the cross, why is it flourishing today? You look at the weeds of evil in the world and you wonder, how can there be a God who is good when the field of his world is in a mess like God really in control? Can we believe in a, a sovereign God in a world like this? Okay, questions. If the kingdom has come, why does evil continue? This was um, John the Baptist's question. He had been the a forerunner of Jesus. His message was prepare the way of the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, house mama. Great to have you here. Praise the Lord. Great to have you, all of you guys here. Praise God. Oh, brothers and sisters. So again, if the kingdom has come, why does evil continue? Okay, so this was a John the Baptist question. He had been the forerunner of Jesus. His, his message was prepare the way of the Lord, right? He said about Jesus, his wing-knowing fort is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the uh, chef, he will burn with unquenchable fire. Matthew 3, verse 12. Okay, let's keep on going. Then a few years later, John is in prison. How can that be? If Christ has come to destroy the works of the devil, how is it that um, Herod can take up the head of a godly leader like a John the Baptist? John began to wonder. So he sent messengers to Jesus with a question. Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? A Matthew 11, verse 3. For had assumed that when the kingdom came, the Messiah will blow the whistle and it will be game over for evil. But the kingdom came in Jesus without judgment. The good seed was planted, but evil continued, and the two have been growing together ever since. So tonight we look at the world and we see this perplexing mixture of good and of evil. And Jesus is telling us that this is what we shall expect. The growth. Let both grow. Grow together until harvest. Verse 30. Praise God. Shalom, Brother Allen. Shalom, I love you, Heavenly Father. 
Shalom Noah, Shalom Shalom, Shalom Estrella, Shalom Brother Body, Shalom Brother Elby, praise God. Praise the Lord. So let's go back again. Evil will grow alongside the good until the return of Christ. Again, evil will grow alongside the good until the return of Christ. That is the teaching of Jesus, and we need this wisdom if we are to sustain a lifetime of ministry. The 20th century started with an extraordinary humanistic optimism. Here, um, let's see, Charles... Charles uh, Darn had uh, caught the imagination of millions with with his um, origin origin of the uh, species. The human race is evolving. We are getting better and better, moving towards a golden age. What happened within fourteen years of the? Uh, uh, turn of the century. There was the uh, First World War. The appalling loss of is slaughtered in the trenches. People said this will be the war, the war to end wars. But within 20 years, it has started again. We were not halfway through the great new century, and we had two world wars, the like of which had never been seen before. Then there was the Cold War, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the the whole world on the brink of annihilation, annihilation. Then as we got in near of the bloody century in human history, there seemed to be a shining hope. The, the Berlin Wall came down. Now there was going to be a new world order. Now there was going to be a peace in the kind of world we could all enjoy. So we move into a new century. And within a few years, the papers are full of a new kind of war the war on terror. Look at the world history and you will see that every time evil gets pushed down, it rises up again and another, even more uh, sinister form. Jesus is telling us that this is the world in which we live. Bishop Ryle saw the special importance parable in his own day. It is um, eminently calculated to correct the extravagant expectations in which many Christians indulge as, as to the effect of missions abroad and of preaching the gospel at home. If you start out with the aim of let's go and change the world, 
you will be frustrated and disappointed, and you will not sustain ministry for a life a lifetime. The world never changes. It is always a feel, always a feel in which the wheat grows alongside the wheat. But there will be a harvest. It is worth planting the good seed because God will make it grow even in this travel world. And there will be a harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. This world is getting better and it is getting worse at the same time. The good seed is growing and producing an abundant harvest. The grain the the grain on one stalk is much more than the little thing that was cast into the ground. The weeds are growing. With every week that passes, they are larger and more deeply rooted than before. Jesus says, this is the picture of what will happen in time between my restoration and my return. Hello, Jesus is coming. Praise God. The harvest. Now let's go to the harvest. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, and that's exactly where I'm going on verse 30. Praise the Lord. So at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but to gather the wheat into my barn on verse 30. We are living in the date of God's grace. The date of judgment has not yet come. And until that day, this is what the kingdom will look like. Good wheat in a field laced with wheat. It has become popular, especially among younger Christians, to talk about bringing in the kingdom to bring about a right order of things in the world. It is important to remember that to bringing in the, in the kingdom means pulling up the weeds. It means breaking up the great power and structures of evil in this world. That work of judgment belongs to Christ. He's not giving it, he's not giving it to us to do. Praise God. If you get into a conversation about the violence of a radical Islam, you might like to say, aren't you thankful for the teaching of Jesus about the kingdom? Praise God. That it, that it comes in the lives of people who submit to his rule. That he does not call Christians pull up the weeds of evil, but bringing judgment to the wicked. But that he calls us to live and groan in this world until he comes and brings about a righteous judgment in which all we all will come before him. That day will come, and when it does, the wheat will be gathered and bound together in bundles. Matthew Henry says sinners of the of the same sort will be bundled together in the in, in the great day. A bundle of cynics a bundle of blasphemers, a bundle of cowards, liars, hypocrites. But the wheat he will gather into his barn. Abigail said to David, 
that his life will be bound in the bundle of the living in the care of the Lord, your God. For, uh, on first, uh, Samuel 25, verse 29. So we got three applications from our Lord's story. Stay engaged. In this world, the wheat and the weeds grow together. Christ anticipates that your roots are as a believer will be interwined with the roots of people whose nature is very different from yours. That will be true at school and business. You will find even in your own family that there are relationships that are very difficult by your roots are intervenes and Jesus says don't pull up the roots. Let both grow together until harvest. Where has God rooted you down? Where have you been sown? Stay engaged. There are no ideal spots in the field of this world. Whatever Christ sows, his people Satan sowed his his weeds. So bloom where you are planted. Those who are weeds today may be weed tomorrow. God. Praise the Lord. So let's both grow together. The word tolerance have been jiked excuse me, hijacked in our culture. It used to mean so impatient and uh, forbearance towards people with whom you radically disagree. Now it is used to mean affirming what others affirm. But there's no need for tolerance between people who affirm the same convictions if you agree what is there to tolerate. Tolerance is a, a virtue that is needed where there are deep-seated disagreements. It means showing patience and forbearance towards people you find really difficult with whom you radically disagree. It does not mean uh, uh, passi- passivity. It does not mean that you give up concern for another person's spiritual condition. But Jesus makes it clear that in this world, the wheat wheat needs to grow alongside the weeds until the Son of Man comes. The mission of the church is sowing seed, not pulling weeds. We have a big enough challenge on our hands trying to deal with sin in our own hearts, in our own families, in our own churches. It is not in our power or in our calling to root root it out in the world. There is a lesson here for us in our bearing towards one another. Someone said, in our seal to have a holy church, we sometimes only make it easier for self-righteousness to flourish. We are people who have been giving access to grace, and we are to show grace, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, long-suffering to one another. They the harvest then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, verse 43. God will harvest the wheat. He will bring his people home. 
and the righteous will shine like the sun. With whom will you be bundled on that day? May you be found in the bundle of life with the people of God who submit their lives to King Jesus and stand before the Father in the grace that they find in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that was the message for today, brothers and sisters. Let's just stay focused on Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Pray for people. That's the only thing you can do. Pray to people to bring people so people can come to Christ. Pray for the souls. Prayer is a very powerful, very powerful. Amen. And just keep looking up because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Let's just wait for his return. I had a dream. Today in the morning, I uh, I heard the sound of the uh, shofar. I was so happy. I was looking. I was looking everywhere. And that and you know that was the sound. Last week I had I had another dream of of the uh, rapture. I was I was dreaming that I I saw this um, path, you know, very long and 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 uh, and, and you know. Um, very narrow and long, but white. It was white, white, white. And I saw a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people in in uh, in, in praising God. And you know what? Thank God because I saw a lot of people there. So God is bringing souls. He's bringing souls to him and praise the Lord. You know what? God keeps bringing people, brothers and sisters. He told me, keep praying because the more you pray, you know, uh, the more souls you get for God. And I saw these people dressed up in white, and they were praising God, and they were saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And I'm like, oh, wow, praise the Lord. And I was just waiting, you know, for for the sound of the trumpet. And I just, you know, I woke up. And in this life, brothers and sisters, you know, we're going to go through tribulation. We're going to go to problems. We're going to go to pain. And we're, but, but you would just stay firm. You would just stay firm and focus on Jesus. That was my experience while I was, you know, sick, brothers and sisters, that he told me, just focus, focus on me, daughter. Keep your eyes on me. Don't turn your head away. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Because when we do that, we fail, brothers and sisters. We fail. It happened. It happened to me. It happened to Peter. It have happened to a lot of people. Okay, you take off your eyes from Jesus, and then you drown. You fall down. See, because without Jesus, we can't do anything. And then, and uh, I remember the Lord letting me know too. If my people, if my people will have, you know, faith as the master seed, they will see miracles in their life. They will heal and they will just have miracles, daughter. And so ask the Lord 
to give you uh, faith, brothers and sisters, to give you patience for his return because he keeps on saving souls. That's what I saw, brothers and sisters. I saw a lot of people, redeemers, and just praising God with white robes, and they were uh, 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 clapping, and they were very happy, and they were saying, Jesus, Jesus returned. Jesus is coming back. And I saw that long path narrow and white, very, very, very white. The floor was very white. And I was just about to go into that narrow, just like that, just in one second, I was just about to go through that narrow path. And I was just happy saying, Jesus is coming back. And today in the morning, I uh, I heard the, the sound of the shofar, and toot, 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 you know that sound, beautiful sound. And I just woke up. I thought I was in heaven. And I'm like, praise you, Lord. You know, I just got up out of my bed. I was very excited. I'm like, Lord, I just had this beautiful dream, and the Lord was giggling. Praise God. So let no one, nobody, no attractions, not the world, no one away from Jesus. No storm, no tribulation, no circumstances. No problems, no anxiety, no worries. Don't let that take your eyes away from Jesus. Remember that. Have faith, have faith, and keep looking up because our Messiah, Jesus Christ, our, the King of Kings, is returning, and we just got to wait because he will surprise us. Amen? He was letting me know. Daughter, be ready at all times because you don't know when am I going to come. So stay ready at all times. And I say, yes, Lord. And get yourself ready, buy more water, buy more food, and just and wait. I said, yes, Lord. Amen. Praise God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord shine his face upon you, my brothers and sisters. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord give you his shalom. May the Lord give you his power to give you faith. May he give you faith and faith and faith and patience and give you again his shalom, his peace. He's with you. Remember that. Don't be afraid. Don't let any problems, don't let the devil, anyone make you fear. You stay, your eyes focus on Jesus and keep looking up because Jesus is coming back and we're waiting for his return. Amen. Shalom, shalom. Be blessed by Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus, O Lord, for with your holy blood, holy Lord Jesus. Oh, God Almighty, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. I praise you. Forgive us for our sins, Lord. Forgive us. We surrender. We surrender completely, totally to you, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We sin every day. We sin with our mind. We sin with our mouth. We sin, Lord Jesus, every single day, Lord. Please forgive us. We repent. We repent, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we repent. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Oh, Father God, 
Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us, cleanse us, purify us, purify our heart. Holy Spirit, consume with fire, consume with fire every sin. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Jesus, into this place. Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, ministry your people. Ministry your people. Touch people's heart, mind. Touch them, Lord. Ministry them. Ministry them, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, you're the one, Lord Jesus, that are going to be touching them, uh, their mind, their heart, Lord, and I thank you for that, Lord Jesus, because without you, Lord, we are nothing, Jesus. Without you, Lord. And this is why it is very important, my Lord, that you will be here. And I'm calling you, and I repent, Jesus, and please forgive us, Lord. We repent, Jesus. Forgive us. For you to be here in the whole, in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Spirit, gentle Holy Spirit, I welcome you to this place. Oh, I love you and I adore you. I adore you and I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Thanks, thanks to Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then, with the belt of truth, of truth buckle around the waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your uh, feet fitted with with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which the with which is the word of God. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord, Holy Spirit, the church of reputation. Cover us with your blood, Lord Jesus, from head to toe. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Cover our family with your blood. Holy Jesus, cover us completely with your blood. Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, the church of reputation, our family, all of our children, all of our families, all of our friends. In Jesus' name, protect our house, Lord Jesus. Protect, Lord Jesus, everything that belongs to us, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. And now let's fight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This song, it is about um, uh, fighting against uh, this, uh, the spiritual realm. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Para pagarle el pueblo a los ministerios, para poder 
thing about this. I'll let you know later. Mm-hmm. Come, sweet spirit, 
talking about breaking generational curses. Why was it important to play the chauffeur, the, the sound of the uh, shofar, and uh, all this music, okay? One, because it does a spiritual warfare, amen, praise God. And uh, it, it, the Holy Spirit comes, praise the Lord. And then... Um, uh, the sound of the shofar is very, very powerful, too. Demons hate the sound of shofar. They hate that. The Lord uh, was letting me know. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, this is very important to praise the Lord. It's very important to welcome the Holy Spirit, to welcome Jesus, and praise him with uh, songs in Psalms 150. Amen. Praise God. And let us know how to praise God. Praise the Lord. It is very important. It happens a lot in the spiritual uh, warfare. A lot of things that we don't see. Amen. It, it breaks the joke on people. Uh, it breaks cha- uh, chains on people. Praise the Lord. It demolishes all evil work. And uh, Satan cannot penetrate. No demons can penetrate at the Lord's hour. Praise the Lord. If they were, they, they're, they're gone. Praise God. They cannot resist to the um, power of the Holy Spirit and worship, worshiping God. Praise the Lord. So it's very important. Amen. Exodus 20, verse 5. You should not... Oh, I was, uh, before I start, um, last time that I was... Um, the message, excuse me, the message was about um, idolatry. Tonight it's gonna it's, it's gonna be how to break generational curses. Amen. So let's start in Exodus twenty verse five. You should not bow down to them or assert them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and the fourth, third and fourth generation of those who hate me. I am going to be reading some uh, uh, scripture verses because I will let you know ahead why all these uh, curses comes and uh, and excuse me and punishment from God uh, to people. You know that there are consequences when people sin. Amen. So we're going to learn a little bit about everything. Praise the Lord. God have uh, instructed me 
He's the one who teaches me. And I will let you, I will share what the Lord have let me know. Amen. On Deuteronomy 28, 168. And if you faithfully obey the voice of your Lord, your God, being careful to all of his commandments, God, you are welcome, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Lord's hour. This is very, very important message tonight. People are going to be delivered. Praise God. Uh, please, I will advise you not to lock out because this is very, very, very good message that is going to help you, your children, your whole entire family. Amen. And you're going to realize why you have had problems. Praise the Lord. Praise to Jesus. Thank you for this message. Uh, you're going to learn how to break generational curses. Okay, you're going to learn how, where are they coming from, how does curses come, and where are the curses coming from. Praise God. And why does God punish, and how to break a generational curse. This is why it is very important. Praise the Lord. So the Lord your God will set your height above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall be, uh, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your uh, cattle that increases of your herds and the young of your flo uh, flocks, blessed shall be your ba your basket and your kneeling bowl. So see what happens? So when you bless God, uh, excuse me, so when you obey God, God blesses you. God blesses you abundantly, but when you don't obey God, amen, God, God is not pleased with that and he and their consequences, and he will punish you. This is why it's very important to obey God. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who is hanged on the tree. Amen. That's a Galatians 3.13, and we're going to talk about that too. Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 17, verse 5, curse is the man who trusts in man. You hear that? Curse is the man who trusts in man. This is why God doesn't want us to put the, uh, our eyes and focus on man. you got to focus on Jesus and put your eyes on Jesus only. So it says, Curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. The Lord is a slow to anger and abounding in his steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers. You see, God, God visits the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. That's on, on Numbers 14, verse 18. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1, verse 9. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We're going to be talking about what does the tongue does. Oh, boy. That's where all the problems come from. And those who love it will eat it. It's, it will eat its roots. That's in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. We cannot act like uh, like little kids. We cannot be acting the way how we were acting before, uh, before we we came to Christ. Behold, a new has come. Amen. So give no opportunity to the devil. Ephesians four twenty seven. You should not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity. Here it goes again. He visited the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation and those who hate me, the third on me. 5 verse 9. No weapon. Here it goes for some Christians that don't believe that they have authority in Jesus' name. No weapon that is uh, fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Very important, Isaiah 54, verse 17. Praise God. And I'm more forward. I'm going to be letting you know how to, how to work this. Leviticus 26, verse 40. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers in their uh, treasury that they committed against me and also in walking contrary to me. But if you will not obey the voice of the, of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his uh, statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Oh, my goodness. You see, brothers and sisters? God is God of love, but he's also a consuming fire. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading ball. Cursed shall be the fruit of your wound and the fruit of, of your ground, that increase of your herds and the young of your flocks. Curse shall you be when you come in, and curse shall you be when you go out. That turn on me 28, 68. We can't play with God. We can't play with God. Please, let's be wise and obey God. Deuteronomy 27, verse 15. Curse be the man who makes a, a curse, cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord. This is an abomination to the Lord. A thing made by the hands of a craftsman, and sets it up in secret, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. And I answer to that, Amen. Praise the Lord, because I worship only Jesus Christ. He's my Savior. He gave his life for me. Praise the Lord and for all of us. And he's the only one that I worship. Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, praise the Lord. Nothing that is made of a man. Please, let's read the word of God so we can be free from this. Praise the Lord. All these curses shall come upon you and, and pursue you and overtake you. You see the consequences consequences of doing what he's not telling us to do? 
you and pursue and overtake you you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that he commanded you. They should be a sign and a, and a wonder against you and your offspring forever. Oh, boy. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind. Deuteronomy 28, verse 28. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with a wasting disease and with fever, inflammation, and fury heat, and with a drought and with a blight and with a mild dew, they shall pursue you until you perish. You know, these are very strong, brothers and sisters. It's very strong. But I got I got to obey the Lord. I'm like, oh, boy, Lord, you want me to say all this? And this is exactly what the Lord wants. But coming forward... You know, the Lord will de- will deliver us from all this. Praise God. This is why God is God of mercy, of mercy too, because he has compassion also, and, and, and he He does not, he doesn't want, you know, to, his people to be suffering. He doesn't want, you know, he came here for the sinners. Praise God. He hates sins, but he came here for the, for sinners. Praise the Lord. So curse should be your basket and your kneading ball. And again, these are consequences, and this is a punishment from God, brothers and sisters, for those who doesn't obey the Lord, that worship idols, bow down to idols, uh, um, talking, you know, saying bad words, using your tongue and your mouth for only uh, bad talk, um, just doing, you know, bad things before God. All the scripture is breathed out by God and, and, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So I can praise the Lord. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient as slaves, you are slaves of the, of the one who you obey? Either your sin, which leads to death, or of obedience which leads you to righteousness. So see, this is why I have to speak about this, because sin leads people to death. I don't even, I don't know how many seconds, I don't know if there are three or two seconds that people, you know, the souls go to hell, and we need to speak up the truth, brothers and sisters. People now on these days, it's all about love. It's okay, it's okay, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong to speak about love. But God is also like consuming fire. We need to speak everything about the Bible. Not only were the part of love says, which, uh, you know, the Lord has let me know about that too, but also the consequences, you know, the sin, everything that God warned us. And, 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 and some churches, they don't, they don't preach this because they just want to let the people know good stuff, good things. And that's why they got so many, so many people, thousands and thousands of people, because that's what people like to hear. And again, God is God of love, but he's also like consuming fire. There's heaven and there's hell. There's not only heaven, there's hell. And this is why we got to warn people. Praise the Lord. So you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads you to death, or of obedience, which leads you to righteousness. So we all want to choose 
to lead us to righteousness. Amen. Praise God. That's what we want. We want to be righteousness. Matthew 20, 25, verse 41. That he will, he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You curse into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. You see, people that doesn't believe that hell exists. There's so many verses about hell in the Bible. I will suggest you that you will please read the word of God. Here's one on Matthew 25, verse 41. As I was saying, there's heaven, there's hell. Praise the Lord. May the Lord have mercy. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Moving forward. What are generational curses? Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Generational curses are curses that are passed from one generation to the uh, newborns into the next generation, into the next, into the next, etc. In other words, there are pains and sufferings that are passed from one generation to the next generation and the next. Exodus 24, verse 5. You shall, you shall um, make, uh, excuse me, not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth or in the waters below, you should not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing. What, what is he saying? Punishing. The children for the sin of the parents. Oh, my sister, but God doesn't punish. Well, here it is, Exodus 24, verse 5. So the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth, not a one, not second, okay, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Praise God. To be a hard problem, asthma, obesity, laziness, laziness, mental illnesses, or any one of uh, many uh, uh, physical and mental illnesses. Yes, I am aware that society teaches you that this thing just run in the family and you are stuck with this. Amen? Hello to those psychiatrists and psychologists. But that is not true. You see, society is only interesting in society. God is interesting in you. This curse is running your family because of some offense, and sin. Amen? One of your ancestors did to God, and you are paying the price for the, uh, for the offense. It could also be relationship problems, just as you keep dating the wrong type of person, or you can't relate to certain types of people. You don't have to be stuck with it. Praise God. I was one of them, and the Lord delivered me. He freed me. Praise God. I was only dating the wrong people. I'm so happy that I'm with God now. So praise the Lord. So you can choose not to believe and be stuck with with them, or you can take a chance on God the Father and Jesus 
and let them help you to put on a land needless suffering and problems you have to put up with you know to put we 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 can put up with that right praise the lord praise god thank you jesus so why does god tell important things to people direct the reason is that satan uses his evil powers and his evil his evil amen and his spirit of deception is very powerful he knows how to work on people he deceives people into believing things that aren't true one of the areas he worked really hard and he's getting people to believe on true things about the bible he he um complicates things around so that most people can agree. You gotta be careful. Most people most people can agree on even the most basic points of the Bible. This is why I tell everyone that you if you want a relationship with God, you must seek him so the Holy Spirit can help you understand the Bible. And also to hear the voice of God not from the enemy or people, man, but from God, from God. There are a lot of people, there's 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 a few people, excuse me, not a lot, but there's a few people on Facebook that are saying, you know, Jesus says this and blah, 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 and you know what? I don't know. Some could be saying the truth, some don't. But how would you know? You got to go, go to your room. Seek the Lord, ask the Lord, fast and pray. You know, the Lord was letting me know a couple um, couple of weeks ago because there are some 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 people that we have lost at the Lord's hour, and and uh, I feel I feel bad because um, the Lord was letting me know. You know, to just just let them know, let them know to trust me, trust me. Don't, don't, let them know not to trust men. Are some people that are that are telling the truth that are people uh, uh, servants and prophets from me, daughter? But not all of them. And tell my people not to be deceived. Tell them to seek me. But people, you know, it's just they get lazy. They just want easy. They want it easy. They want to find out what so and so is saying, and they believe what so and so is saying, and don't, you know, you don't you don't have to believe me too, brothers and sisters. You got to find God. Seek the Lord. He will reveal. He will reveal to you. God is for everyone who seeks the Lord. He's for all of us. He's for everyone. All of us are special to God. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to be letting you know the six steps to breaking a generational curse are... The six basic steps that you will need to take in order to be able to receive total deliverance from any demons who may have followed you into your adult life as a result of any severe transgressions made by one or both of your natural parents. Praise the Lord. I will first list them. 
I'm going to first list them out one right after the other so that you can see exactly what you are going to have to do, and then I will show you exactly how to do each of these steps under the appropriate uh, captions below. I'm, I can't send it to, to, uh, to the chat room. I don't, because I, I can only do one thing at a time, brothers and sisters, so I'm going to be just reading, praise, praise the Lord, the, uh, the sixth step, okay? So the first, this is the first one is the full surrender. This is why I was playing the music, you see, uh, the, uh, the hill song that I, you know, I want to know you more, you know, the song that I just sent you, praise the Lord, that's, that's a surrender to God. So that's number one, the full surrender. Number two, confess the sins of your sinning parent to God the Father. Now, this is two brothers and sisters. I remember when, when um, the first time Jesus came to my house, praise the Lord, I asked him if he could kill all the demons that hurt me since I was a little kid. He said, would you want me to bring them to you so you can kill them? You see, that's how the Lord, he wants to train us. Like, you know, like the lion when he's uh, teaching his, uh, his little baby, the lion, you know, how to attack and how to get his prey. That's exactly how Jesus was teaching me. And uh, and so I said, um, I said, oh yes, Lord, yes, absolutely. He, and so he did, and he brought them in cages, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I remember that time. He brought little cages. So little by little, he was uh, training me. So that's when he, uh, that's when he was, you know, when he taught me, he was teaching me. Uh, to say the Holy Spirit, they charge for my protection, then the blood of Jesus. Then he said, are you ready? Are you ready, daughter? I said, yes, Lord. And then he first started uh, bringing me little demons. And um, and I'm there, you know, saying the blood of Jesus, Lord, protect me. Uh, Holy Spirit, protect me. And I remember him saying, okay, daughter, one is in front of you, one is on the other side, and the other one is on the other side, and the other one is, to be, is behind you. And I just, I, I called the Holy Spirit. I was doing a spiritual warfare, and um, and I was rebuking them and binding them. And and uh, my daughter was letting me know they look horrible, okay. And they had full of hate. They had nothing but hate, and um, and it was so powerful because you know the the good thing it was that they die. And then I, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord. Um, so those those little ones when where when when I was a baby that those were the ones that were tormenting me because I remember when I was a little kid back then. Um, I remember in my you know in my dreams uh, I think I was probably five, uh, seven or eight years old and and I was just you know seeing sometimes uh, uh, a, a, a hairy hand and and you know and then just that demons. And um, back then, you know, I was afraid. I didn't know how to fight. And and not only that, you know, it was not only in my dreams. It's just, you know, also they were using people to hurt me and, you know, a lot of other things. The Lord let me know how 
um, how do they hurt me and what what do they did to hurt me? And little by little, brothers and sisters, I you know, in Jesus' name, they were killed. Uh, some of them, the Lord took them down to hell, and he asked me, you know, how would you like me to have, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, t- uh, the demons or kill them to hell? And I said, just take them to hell, Lord. Burn them up. And, and um, you know, he took them to hell, and uh, my daughter was able to see. I remember that she told me that the earth opened up, and she was able to see hell from here. And uh, praise the Lord. So she uh, she said that, oh, my goodness, Mom, I'm seeing a woman. I'm seeing a bunch of people down there. You know, this woman, that, that woman was uh, screaming. She was asking for help. I was not able to see it. My daughter was able to see the whole scene, you know. And um, and then those demons were falling into fire, um fire, you know, that uh, when the volcano, you know, comes out, you know, that's the same thing, the same fire down there. So lava, lava. So they, they he throw them into the lava. And my daughter said they're screaming, they were screaming. And uh, and I said, Lord, I want them just to to die. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord <clears throat> let them there, some of them in the fire, some, you know, locked up. And... Uh, and so some other things that my daughter saw and, you know, and people were just uh, lifting, you know, uh, raising up their hands and asking and screaming for help. And then the Lord saw my daughter that she was, you know, she was crying uh, and, and um, it was too strong. So he closed the earth. You know, he closed it so she will not see it anymore. And um, I'm like, whoa, Lord, wow, this is. This is, I mean, it was, it was good, but at the same time sad, you know, sad, because that's why I'm telling you people, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, you know, we just got to, we got to do a spiritual warfare. This, this, this demons, they're like, you know, they go everywhere. And we just, you know, we got to do war against them. We have to fight back in the name of Jesus, always in the name of Jesus, Amen. Number one, praise God, the full surrender. Confess the sins of your sinning parents to God the Father. Okay? Three, be willing to fully forgive your sinning parents and to forgive everyone who have hurt you. Break any ungodly soul ties with a sinning parent. That's four. Five, break the curse line of the demons. Six, verbally command the demons to leave you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, here's a full explanation of exactly what you will need to do in each each one of these steps. Okay, number one, the full surrender. Okay, so the very first rule in spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters, before you can even begin to do a battle with demonic spirits, is that you have to be walking and operating in full in a full surrender with the Lord. If you're not willing to come into his full surrender with the Lord, where he will now be the one who take over, 
okay, that he, 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 he will be the one who will take over the reins of your life and lead your life into the, into the direction that he will now want it to go in, then there will be no help and no deliverance from these demons. Here's a verse from the Bible that gives us this specific revelation, okay? Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, verse 7. Jesus. Notice that the first four words, therefore, submit to God. And notice this verse, it starts out with this command. Therefore, submit to God. You know, people that doesn't like to submit God are people that have pride. Ask the Lord to break that pride, to break it in Jesus' name. What this means is that you first have to be willing to fully submit to God before you can even begin to resist and fight against the devil and his demons to make them flee from you. Submitting to God means you have entered into this full surrender with him. You have to be willing to fully surrender every part of your being, every part of your being to him, body, soul, and spirit, along with your entire life over to him. If you are willing to make this full surrender with the Lord, where he will now be the one who will be in total control of your life, and lead it in the direction that he will now want it to go in from here on on, then you will now be ready. Okay, step two. Confess the sins of your sinning parent to God, to God the Father, and to forgive everyone who has hurt you. Praise the Lord. The next thing you are going to need to do is to fully confess out the sin or sins of the sinning parent to the Lord. As you will see in the scripture verse, I will list below. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to say that. God is wanting you to acknowledge and then confess out those sins direct to him. Here's the verse. But if they confess their iniquity, and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember Leviticus 26, 40, verse 42. Why will God want you to confess out the sins of your father or mother? Good question, right? When you had nothing to do with their sins in the first place. I believe the main reason could be that God may want you to know exactly why these demons are coming after you in the first place. And that reason is because of the... Uh, Severe sins your sinning parent has committed against the Lord. God wants you to have full knowledge as to what is going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. And by confessing out what sins you know, you, you know your, your sinning parent has committed against the Lord. 
you are you are showing him that you have the knowledge and the understanding that these original sins is what has caused all of these events to occur as they have, as they have done also in your own personal life. In the battle prayer, praise God, I will lift up belong for for example, okay, for example, a girl not only had to confess out the sins of her own natural father, but she also had to confess out the sins of his father, who was an abortionist responsible for the cold blood. Murder of thousands, thousands of unborn children. If you if you can uh, trace back through your family line any type of a heavier sin or sins that your grandparents may have been involved, it will be my strong recommendation that you also confess out the sins of these grandparents and possibly your great-grandparents, if you can trace some of these heavier sins that far back. When you get into this part of the prayer, you just simply confess exactly what heavier sins you know your sinning parent has committed against the Lord. What heavier sins that you do not know about can also be added into the prayer to make sure that you cover all of your uh, bases with the Lord. I will sh- I will show you exactly how to, how to work all of this out in in the battle prayer in, in in the battle prayer. Okay. So number three, be willing to fully forgive your sinning parent. That's step three. As a result of some of these heavier kinds of sins and transgressions against the Lord. Some of the children in these types of dysfunctional families may end up getting either physically, verbally, and or sexually abused. As a result of this kind of extreme abuse, some of the children may end up um, harboring and holding onto deep feelings of guilt, hate, anger, rage, and unforgiveness towards the abused sinning parent. If those deep and intense kinds of negative feelings are not properly dealt with early on, these kinds of heavy negative emotions will settle down deep into the child's mental and emotional makeup and a mental stronghold will then form out, giving the demons plenty of negative energy to attack to, to attack to an, uh, and feed on. Before you can cast the demons out, you will first have to be willing to fully forgive your sinning parent for whatever they have ever done to you. No matter how bad, how vile, and how vicious some of their abusive acts may have been towards you, using examples. It can be so many other things. Even if you do not feel like your emotions or thoughts could possibly line up with making this kind of a confession before the Lord, all that is asking from you is your mental and heart cooperation with him on this issue. Praise God. 
and make the best effort you can do verbally and and mentally. Forgive your parent before the Lord. What you have in your mind and in your heart, brothers and sisters. Matthew 15, 11. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. You see? It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of your mouth, out of your mouth, that, is, that contaminates the man, what it comes out of the mouth, the tongue, the mind. So tell the Lord that you will not hold any unforgiveness towards that parent, that you know that your parent's final judgment will rest in his hands, and that you will now let, them, let that parent go into his hands for his final judgment and vindication. And pray for mercy. God the Father forgive their sins. Okay? So the Bible tells us that any type of um, vengeance in this life will always belong to the Lord, not to us and not to any other family members who would like to try it and get even. To get even for your for, for you with the original sinning of you sparing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So for those of you who think, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. My my suggestion, brothers and sisters, is that please, you know, just get uh, just seek seek God, seek God. Don't let the enemy deceive you. For those that are thinking, no, you know that I, I don't think I, uh, you know, I can, you know, believe this because I don't think that Christians, you know, can be, uh, uh, can have these problems. I want to just keep on. I'm talking on, on on this message, and I'll let you know later. Praise God. So. God, though the power of the Holy Spirit operating on the inside of you can give you an inner healing, you see, from many of these kinds of, of negative emotions that may have settled in on you over all of these years as a result of the abuse you may have had to put up with from your sinning parents. There is healing and, re- and restoration from the Lord for you if you are willing to work with him on it. You see, God is the only one who can heal our heart, who can heal our mind. Praise God. This is why we have to seek the Lord. Now, here's why you are going to have to be willing to fully forgive your sinning parent for all of the abuse they may have inflicted upon you. The following verse will tell you that before you get ready to stand and pray before the Lord, God will want you to fully forgive all of your all, all, all of the people who have ever trespassed against you. If you can't or won't forgive those who have trespasses against you, then this verse will tell you that God will not forgive you of your own trespasses. 
when you trespass against other people. And with God is starting out this verse with a, with the words, and whenever you withstand praying, the strong application is really there that he may not even be willing to hear any of your prayers until you can agree to forgive all of those who have ever wronged you in this life. And if God will not be willing to hear any of your prayers, then you will have little or no chance of getting any of your prayers answered. And if you cannot get any of your own personal prayers answered, praise God, with God, then you will have little or no chance on getting him to deliver you from the demons who may be attacking you. All what God wants you to do, brothers and sisters, is to help you. God doesn't need us. We need God. This is why it is so vitally important that you be willing to fully forgive all of those who have ever hurt, harmed, or transgressed against you in any way, which will include both of your parents if they are guilty of this and any other siblings or friends who may have hurt you in your past or relationship to, here is this most solemn and powerful verse from the Lord. And and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Mark 11, verse 25. Praise the Lord. Amen. Forgive yourself too. Praise God. If you are willing to take this step with the Lord and fully forgive your parent or parents for whatever wrongs they might have inflicted upon you, no matter how bad a vicious brothers and sisters, those wrongs may have been then, you will now be ready for, for, for the next step. Okay? So step four, break any ungodly soul ties with a sinning parent. Praise the Lord. It's a result of the natural parent-child relationship that immediately develops when a child is born into the family, a strong spiritual bond will form out between the child and his parents. Even if one or both end up abusing that child over a period of many years, this is why it's such a, a shock to a child's sense when they first start to receive any kind of extreme abuse from the sinning abuse parent. Their first natural reaction is that there must be something wrong with them or that they must have done something wrong themselves to uh, warrant receiving this kind of uh, abusive behavior. It isn't until the child starts to get older, wiser, and smarter that they start to see the abuse and sinning parents. They really are someone who is acting out on very sick and evil impulses with no effort to try to control it. So if you 
if you are willing to fully break any ungodly and unhealthy soul ties that may have developed and formed and form out of over the years between you and your sinning parents, then you will now be ready for a step five, which will be to fully break the curse line that the demons have been feeding and operating on, which has been giving them the full legal right to be able to keep tormenting you over all of these years. So number five, break the curse line of the demons. Once you have properly completed the above four steps, brothers and sisters, then you will be ready to fully break the generational curse, the curse line that the demons have been feeding and operating on. As you will see in how I were this part of the, of the battle prayer below, you will first ask God to do this for your sins, you have com- uh, completed the uh, uh, above four steps for him, then you will take his authority and his power and verbally command this curse line be fully broken in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Matthew 16, verse 19, that whatever we bind or lose on this earth will be bound or loosed up in heaven. In other other words, God has already given us his power, anointing, and authority to trample over all the powers of our enemies. And some of our enemies are definitely demonic spirits. Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give me one minute here, brothers and sisters. I'm going to drink some water. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Beautiful what the Lord is letting us know, right? Very powerful, very good. Very, very, very helpful. So what does professional...